0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: The lights are out. Hurry, get so the lights go out. The game is over. And we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7, the game.
3: Curry with the ball over to Draymond, left side, dumped it down to Wiggins. Wiggins holding, waiting, finds Curry, circles off a screen, three ball off, that's money, cold, hard cash. Chase Center is rocking, and the Blazers want time. Some nights are just all about Stephen Curry. And tonight was one of those nights for the Golden State Warriors as Curry pours in 32, and the Warriors beat the Blazers tonight 118-103. So the Dubs now 17-2 and on the season. We welcome you inside Chase Center and inside Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson with you, 8 at 8, 957, Nine five seven nine five seven zero. That is the phone number to participate in the program. You can give me a call. You can shoot me a text at that phone number. As we react together to this Warriors victory over the Blazers, one eighteen to one hundred three. So ten to row at home now for the Warriors. Mention the seventeen and two overall. They finish a nine and zero November inside Chase Center as they continue uh, at eleven and one overall on the home floor to further uh, just make this place a a spot that nobody wants to come uh, as a visiting team. And I think that tone was set a year ago when they went 25 and 11, even without fans in the building. The, The beauty of what's been going on during the first month plus of this season is the fans have been able to get back into the act full throat and, and really enjoy the resurgence of this team back, atop the NBA mountain, and that's exactly where the Warriors sit right now Uh, at 17-2, and an NBA best 17-2. and Uh, Suns did win again tonight uh, as they beat the Knicks for their 15th straight win, so the Warriors still uh, game up on Phoenix. Those two set to go against each other next week. Man, that's going to be a lot of fun. That is going to be a lot of fun when the Warriors and Suns play a couple of times uh, over a four-night span. Uh, Warriors still with some business to take care of in L.A. against the Clippers. And the Suns have the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow in Brooklyn before they'll head home. So uh, hard not to look ahead a little bit uh, at what's coming up here and just how much fun those matchups are going to be. But right now the Warriors handling all comers uh, at this point, And they handle a Blazers team with a late second quarter, early third quarter stretch that uh, shoots them out to a 21-point lead, uh, and the Warriors uh, able to hold on. The Blazers cut it uh, from 21 down all the way to 8 in the fourth quarter. Stephen Curry wound up playing the entire fourth quarter uh, to go for 38 minutes, and uh, he finishes uh, hit a a couple of threes as it was 100-92. to That was as close as Portland would get, uh, as late as they would get. Uh, and then uh, Curry with uh, back-to-back threes right around the 440 mark to make it 106 to to 92, uh, and the Warriors uh, are able to win this one in the game. They led by 21, uh, by 15. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. So six in a row overall. My goodness, I mean this team just continues to to streak. Uh, and and tonight really all about uh Stephen Curry. A plus 23. Uh, and you know, he was able to set the tone, and, and, and it just it was apparent, and we've seen these two teams play against each other so frequently o- over the years, you know, different iterations of, of this Warriors team, the Blazers now coached by Chauncey Billups, and a couple of things have stood out uh, through the course of time here where, where both teams have been good. The Blazers just haven't been able to defend the Warriors at all and the Warriors have been able to you know, go through stretches and we talked about this on Warriors Live where you, you almost you just feel it's coming uh, you know, teams kind of exchanging baskets, Portland got off to a, a decent start early in the game uh, it, It's you know, Warriors kind of clicking, Portland makes it a close game Warriors stretch it out a little bit, Portland makes it a close game and you're just waiting for the run you're just waiting for the run uh, for, for the Warriors and uh, the Warriors were able to to push the lead uh, at a couple of different junctures uh, and then the Blazers would answer but then it was a 16 to 2 run with the game tied uh, at 42 that ultimately had the Warriors up by 14 going in the half and then immediately they come out of the gate and it's 12-6 right out of the shoot from 14 all the way up to 20. Uh, They wind up uh, up uh, 21 at that point, and you look at the Warriors just just able to kind of put this thing uh, not in full cruise control mode. Anthony Simons of the the Blazers got himself rolling uh, in the fourth quarter, and, and a lot of positive contributions from the Warriors up and down the line on a night where they were uh, a little bit shorthanded in this one. A couple of guys playing, Kaminga and Moody with Santa Cruz, Damian Lee and Andre Iguodala out. And of course, Clay Thompson and James Wiseman out as well. So just uh, 10 bodies for the Warriors uh, in this one uh, and they were able to make it work uh, and earn this victory uh, by that final of, of 118 to 103. So 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Uh, Let's go ahead and, hit, and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr uh, a little bit earlier than normal uh, head downstairs to the Bill King uh, interview room and here's what uh, Steve Kerr had to say uh, following this one
4: at home, do you want them to stop and smell the roses? What what feels reasonable to celebrate right now?
3: Uh, yeah, you got to enjoy
1: it, especially, you know, what we've been through the last couple of years. We've we've had some tough uh, tough times, so I, I think our guys are enjoying every every bit of it. As long as they uh, get ready for the next game and take care of their business, they should they should enjoy every second of it. That about as good as a lot of your. Pet action, split action, some of that stuff. Is that about as good as it's worked this season, consistently? Yeah, we had a good good stretch near The end of the game, um, or mid fourth quarter, when they pulled to within eight or whatever it was, uh, we had a good run the other night against Philly. You know, down the stretch of the game, um, doing the same. So it's been a good action. Um, obviously, it's tough guarding. You know, Steph off of those splits, and you you, you just gotta figure out ways to score right? when you're, when you, you know, when you're struggling a little bit. Um, I thought the Blazers had us on our heels uh, that whole fourth Simon's big quarter really changed the game. For the most part, we, we did a really good job defensively, uh, you know, on CJ and Dame, which was uh, a big, big part of the game plan, of course. Uh, but they hung in there and they, they made us work. And, and uh, so it was, it was good to see us execute offensively. Clay is out there still, I think, as of like two minutes ago, he's sitting on the bench with a towel over his head. Um, are you seeing um, how much, you know, maybe during the game he's, you know, this is tough on it? Uh, yeah, you know, um, just, I just try to put myself in his shoes. And, um, you know, the good news is he's he's nearing the finish line on this, but, uh, you know, he, he can't help but stop and think about, you know, how much he's lost the last couple of years he's just on a personal level. Um, he loves the game so much and, and, uh, you know, not being able to play, not being able to, to really be, be a part of the team, the way he wants to uh, it's been pretty emotional for him. And uh, he's a, he's a very, uh, very, you know, human You know he's he's very human. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like he's he's vulnerable. He's uh, emotional. Um, That's what makes him such a beautiful person. I mean, he just cares and he he loves the game and he loves the work and he wants to be part of everything. And all that's been ripped away the last two years. So um, there's times where he's been you know pretty down.
4: What do you think about the two man game between Steph and Draymond and the fun they have playing together?
1: Yeah, it's so fun to watch. I mean, those two guys have been, been doing this for a decade now. And uh, I think I said this recently, but they, they seem to just read each other's thoughts. And, and uh, they, they just know uh, how to play together. That two-man game, uh, there's a lot of different options out of that. And they, uh, they know how to put each other in a great position to attack. And it's fun to watch.
5: Steve, I know you mentioned earlier this season that one of the things you wanted this team to do was build, take ownership of its home court. Got ten in a row at Chase now. What's that? What led to that? And what's it feel like to have the kind of engagement you're starting to get out there?
1: Well, we have a, a really good team. That's the the main thing. If you're if you're good and you can defend like we're defending, then you're going to win a lot of home games. Um, so I, I love the way that we've established that early in the season. Um, our fans feel it. We can hear our fans every night. We hear the, the noise, the energy, um, the excitement, and uh, we're building something, you know, with our with our fan base this year that's really special and it's uh, it's different given that we're in a different building than we were you know, a few years ago when we were, you know, on top of the league. So this feels uh, fresh and, and new. And after the last couple of years, uh, I think we've earned this. I think our fans have earned this, too.
5: Is it worth celebrating to have your first perfect month at Chase?
1: Sure. <laughs> I'm going to go have a beer right now. i probably, probably do that anyway,
5: anyway. though. <laughs> <laughs> you talked
6: about the, the two-man game between Steph and Dre already. Is this the best version of, of this duel?
1: I don't know. They've been doing this for so long, and they've been—they've both been so good for so long. Um, I'm just used to seeing it, so it's hard for me to, you know, rank where they are now compared to where they were three years ago because they were—they were pretty damn good then too.
4: Does it ever feel mischievous for those two, just the way they play with defenses?
1: They love it. They love the game. They love um, their style. It's very unique. You don't see a lot of that around the league, and uh, I think that they're relationship is a special one having been through so much together and uh the only thing missing is uh, clay and uh hopefully he'll be back and p- part of that crew too pretty soon so uh that'll be that'll be the night of the year for sure
3: yeah i don't think there's any doubt about that being the night of the year and it it feels like we're right around a month, maybe a little bit inside of a month from when Clay Thompson is going to be able to to make his return. And it really was quite a scene as the game came to an end and and the Warriors won and and players were leaving the floor and and heading to their respective locker rooms. And and Clay Thompson had been seated on the bench. And uh, he remained there a good 20, 25 minutes, uh, maybe even a little bit longer after the ball game and, and right up until... The point uh, in which uh, we hit the airwaves and and started Warriors wrap up, and yeah, the fans had kind of remained in the building, and and on that one side, and at one point, you could see he was starting to get a little bit emotional, and and, and threw a towel over his head, and just was he was just kind of soaking everything in, as far as uh, just the the emotion, I think, of, of the journey, and just how well this team is playing at this point, being. 17 and 2 and the fact that seemingly on a night in night out basis it's just more and more electric in, inside this building and and uh, you know I'm sure Clay Thompson will get asked about it at, at some point down the line just what exactly you know he was going through and, and and what was going through his mind and I know he has addressed at times some of the you know, how difficult it's been because he's had you know two and a half years nearly uh, taken where he hasn't been able to play. Uh, but I, I do think it's interesting that you know different times it kind of catches you, and I wonder if the, the the belief that this team has the potential to do something special. Is is catching him now as he gets into the final weeks to to the end of of that journey, uh, as as Steve Kerr mentioned there, like it's it's all starting to hit him. That uh, you know now the number of games until he comes back is is really only a handful, uh, and, and the number of home games until he 's able to come back and, and and the warriors are able to have that night of the year again, nothing official yet, but it definitely feels like it 's coming at some point. Uh, you heard Monty Poole there with the, the note about the 9 no November it, it feels like clay thompson 's going to be playing at some point inside Chase Center in December. And that that's going to be a, a hell of a night, and it's going to be a night where uh, the Warriors may take something that's been very special to this point with this team being seventeen and two, and depending upon you know how he comes back and and fits in and, and the like, I mean they may have an opportunity to really do something special uh, at that point and and I have to wonder if if part of Clay Thompson you know being so emotional and just absorbing all of that. Uh, isn 't the fact that that he 's starting to realize just just how good and potentially great this team could be uh, and and could you know be on the brink of something uh, that you know, similar to to what we 've seen maybe in, in in previous years I know a lot of similarities between the the fourteen fifteen team which have just started to get pointed out uh, in this team and look it it 's very much different, but from the depth to the, the camaraderie, to, to the, the belief you heard Steve Kerr saying there that, that it's something fresh, right, uh, that, that it feels fresh. And I, and I, think, I think just on a night-in, night-out basis, it, it tends to, to feel uh, and look a little bit more special. And, and this team is not only owning the home floor and owning Chase Center at this point. I mean, they're, they're owning the league at this point in time with the way that they've been able to, to start out the season at 17-2. At and two. And yeah, Phoenix is right there on their heels, and and we're going to see how that looks over the course of the next month when these two teams play each other twice in the next week and then another time on Christmas and then a fourth time toward the end of the season. But uh, I, I think nightly it, it starts to look more and more like, boy, there really could be the potential for, for something to be uh, you know, taken to even a greater level than it's been taken uh, to this point in time uh by the way the, that the Warriors have played. All right. Eight at 7 John Dickinson inside Chase Center where the Warriors were victorious tonight as uh, they beat the Blazers, a uh, game they led by as many as twenty one, uh, and they win tonight a final score of one 118- eighteen to 103. Steph Curry, 32 on the night, knocked down six threes. Warriors without one of their hotter nights from three-point range uh, as a collective, uh, 32.4%. They only knocked down 12, actually got outshot from three-point range uh, in terms of percentage and in terms of makes, but it was a, a pedestrian, uh, a nominal 1-3 uh, advantage uh, when you look at it uh, for the Blazers in this one, they knocked down 13 to the Warriors' 12, uh, but the Warriors overall in this one, 47 for 87, 54% shooting, and and, and for a good portion of the night, uh, it just felt like Portland had no answer. And and we've seen this, and it was referenced in in the press conference with with Steve Kerr. Uh, Just Blazers just couldn't guard the Warriors. And, And the Warriors, at times, have had trouble defending Portland here and there, although Uh, They did a really nice job on both Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. Lillard hit a couple of threes late when the game was basically decided. You kind of looked up and said, well, he he found it, but he found it a little bit too late. Uh, 32 points combined, 16 in this one for Lillard, 16 for McCollum. Simon's got it going in in the fourth quarter, uh, but nobody hit the 20-point mark uh, for the Blazers in this one, and they really made Lillard at 5 of 15, and C.J. McCollum at six of seventeen work, uh, and and look Nurkic at times has hurt the Warriors in terms of his ability to score, but he needs to be on the floor for the Blazers to be successful, and he just at times can't be on the floor without the Warriors abusing the Blazers uh, with just the ball movement, and and it's a lot of Steph and a lot of Dre and and a lot of just others being able to to get theirs in a real comfortable manner Uh, tonight was a night where it felt like Andrew Wiggins had a real comfortable didn't have to sweat for it 25 on on 10 of 16 shooting and and knocked down three threes and it just felt like everything for the most part was coming easy for for the Warriors uh in, in this basketball game and it really started with Steph Draymond Green uh Twelve points. He always seems to be able to be in attack mode against the Blazers, and a near triple double for Draymond. The twelve points to go with twelve assists. He winds up with with eight boards and and just you know, pushing the tempo, hitting players for you know whether he's hitting Steph or he's hitting others for for layups. Uh, it just it, everything clicking uh, in, in this one. Uh, for the Warriors tonight uh, on a night where Draymond Green in double figures in terms of uh, not only the point total, but for the second time this year, he has a game where he goes for, for 10 or more assists as he finishes with the 12 assists. Uh, and you, you add it all up on a night where the Warriors were a, a little bit short-handed with some guys playing in the G League and, and with a, a couple of others, Damian Lee and, and, and Andre Iguodala being out. And they just get enough of what they need from the five players that they had uh, on the floor tonight. And it's plenty to build a 21-point lead. And it did get trimmed down to eight. It, It... Felt at one point like the Warriors might get bit with the new rotation uh, as far as Steph Curry's going to play about six minutes, then he's going to sit for, for three, he's going to play a couple at the end of the quarter, then he's going to stay out there for the second quarter. Uh, and and the same in the fourth quarter, uh, At you know, sub out middle of the third, come back late in the third, stay in for the beginning of the fourth. If you're going to do that, you do have to buy a, a three-minute rest Most of the time, if you're Steve Kerr, at some point in the middle of the second, middle of the fourth, and it was trouble for the Warriors as they were up 21, going to the fourth quarter, And then the Blazers were able to immediately start uh, 18-5 to at at that point. It gets down to 8, and right as it gets down into that 8-point range, uh, each team, uh, they exchange some buckets, uh, and it's 100-92. to And you're thinking, well, if Curry's going to play the whole thing, that's going to be 38 minutes, which is a couple of minutes more than Steve Kerr wants to play him. But you're just sitting there thinking to yourself, well, if he's not going to come out of the game... Or if he is going to come out of the game, the Warriors could be really vulnerable because Chauncey Billups put Damian Lillard back in uh, right around the 9-10 minute, right around the 10-minute mark, actually. I I think wanting to overlap because the Blazers were getting on a little bit of a run themselves and also thinking maybe Steve Kerr would take Curry out and there would be some minutes where Lillard would be out there with Simons, who was rolling, and you could turn an 8-point maybe into a a one or a two possession game in the two minutes even if it is only two two and a half minutes where Steph would have to get that rest and it was just close enough for long enough to where I think Steve Kerr thought you know what I'm, I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave Curry in and I think the hope was that the Warriors could push it back up into blowout status and then at that point maybe you get Curry out of the game, and it winds up being, hey, you're up 20 again with three minutes to go, and then Steph winds up playing just the the 35 minutes. As it worked out, though, Uh, Steph stayed in the game and then knocked down a couple of threes that that helped flip it back from an eight-point game all the way up to a 14-point game, and it was pretty much exchanging baskets uh, from from that point forward. So never a blowout uh, again enough to the point where you thought, okay, you're going to get Curry out of the game, but I think it still is an indicator that at some point here in the very near future, Steve Kerr's going to have to – they're going to have to figure out what the rotation's going to be. They're going to have to figure out – and I think ultimately because Steph still kind of grumbles at the notion of, of the way that they're doing it right now. Open mi- I call it open-minded grumbling, right? Like he's doing it. He's doing it begrudgingly. They're winning games. They're trying to tinker with things. But I think, boy, you, you get Klay Thompson back in the fold – And I think you are going to see, and we talked about this a little bit on Warriors Live, I think you're going to see Poole out there with Clay and Iguodala and maybe Otto Porter Jr. and and James Wiseman once he comes back. And I think you're going to get Steph back into that normal rotation where it's all the first quarter, it's all the third quarter, it's the first five, six minutes of the second quarter, five, six minutes of the fourth quarter, game-specific. If you're blowing him out at the end of three, he doesn't come back in, but you leave yourself uh, with a little bit of wiggle room on a night here, a night there, where maybe you want to put him back in a couple of minutes early. You do it, uh, and you hope that you're covered to a greater extent, I think, at that point with the better bench group that you would have. Uh, in an attempt to to not feel like, as uh, the great Whitey Gleason has put it, not feel like you're a team killing off a penalty, <laughs> a hockey team killing off a penalty, uh, waiting for, for Curry to, to come back into the game. So I, I, I think the Warriors feel they're better equipped. But they don't have their house in order in terms of that group just yet. And that's going to be coming down the line once Clay Thompson gets back in, once Jordan Poole uh, emerges into his new bench role. Uh, and then obviously James Wiseman, I think, would add uh, another dynamic to that group overall that the Warriors would uh, have the potential to, to be able to exploit some of their opponents in that way. 888 957 888-957- 9570. Uh, John Dickinson inside Chase Center. We'll come back. We'll hear from Draymond Green following this one. Uh, some phone calls, some text messages to get to. We also have your Steph Curry three point update, as well as the Warriors get it done tonight. They beat the Blazers 118 to 103. You heard it right here on 95.7 the game. With Draymond Green. Draymond blasting by Nerka. Goes in and dunked it with the right hand. Draymond trying to get the crowd back into it, and he does. It's an 18 point lead for the Warriors. Now back to Warriors' wrap up on 95 7, the game. And yeah, the Warriors would lead by as many as 21. They go on to win 118 to 103 over the Blazers, so 17 and 2 for the Warriors. That is 10 in a row at home now, a 9-0 and month of November on the home floor inside Chase Center for Golden State. Uh, and you look at the Warriors overall uh, now following that loss in Charlotte. They win the final three games of that road trip going back to Brooklyn and Cleveland and Detroit. And then they come home, they handle business on the three-game homestand, a sweep of the Raptors, the Sixers, and the Trailblazers tonight. So the Warriors, a uh, quick turnaround for them as they'll be on to L.A. tomorrow and an afternoon affair on Sunday inside Staples Center as the Warriors and Clippers will meet for the second time this season. couple of text messages to get to. Uh, phone lines are open, 888 957 9570 Nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll get to uh, Draymond Green here coming up uh, in just a moment. Seven oh seven. Portland made a run. Kerr called timeout, and then two plays called for Wiggins after the timeout. Do you believe Wiggins can be a go-to in the playoffs when the Warriors desperately need a bucket? To appreciate it uh, coming from Ice T in Waikiki. Thanks a lot uh, for for texting in uh, on the program tonight. Uh, I think Wiggins can be somebody, uh, I I don't know about a a, a go-to guy, probably one of many though. Uh, And the one thing that Steve Kerr has said of late uh, is that it's kind of on him, meaning Steve Kerr, to pick different opportunities and pick moments in games where he wants Wiggins to be more involved and, and call plays for him as he did in a couple of those stretches and especially on nights where he's feeling it on nights where he's shooting the basketball well and tonight was one of those nights where he almost has to to force feed Wiggins a little bit to be aggressive and i think at times you know Wiggins nature is, is to Maybe defer or just go with the flow of the game, and I think the warriors basket they just they play such beautiful basketball with the player movement, the ball movement from time to time. I think what ends up happening is it makes it a little bit easier sometimes for Wiggins to get a little bit caught in the wash and and not be as aggressive. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the flow of the game plus his normal personality. So he kind of needs to be prodded a little bit more or, hey, we're going to run this particular set to try and get Wiggins – in attack mode, or to try to get Wiggins uh, an open look. So I think picking those spots uh, are important, and I think Steve Kerr said as much, and I think tonight was one of those nights where where he did it uh, on a night where Steph was Steph and things were flowing and Draymond was was finding other players, but it also was a night where they needed somebody else to come along for the ride with the bench uh, being a little bit thinner. You know, nobody in double figures off the, the Warrior bench tonight, but everybody that started tonight, uh, was in double figures, but having that second player push into the mid twenties like Wiggins did, that became uh, pretty important. So uh, you look at it. I think you know, Kerr getting getting Wiggins going is important. The two four zero on the text line uh, has an issue. It says, bro, Kerr's cuteness. We'll lose the Warriors a very important game one of these days. 2 uh, 4 saying Chioza shouldn't be getting any minutes. Well, I, I disagree with that uh, on a night where you've only got 10 players available to you. Uh, Chioza was definitely going to play. And look, Chioza's helped him uh, at times. And maybe not his, his best game, although he did knock down a, a three-pointer. Um, I, I did find it once Lee was going to be out and, and Iguodala has been ruled out not only for tonight, but... but for the, the upcoming road trip. I, I did find it interesting that that tonight was a night where Moody and Kaminga were going to go down to Santa Cruz when they were a little bit more shorthanded on the bench. The Warriors comfortable playing this game tonight with, with only 10, uh, with uh, you know, a couple of guys out, a couple of guys in the G League, and then, of course, Clay and, and Wiseman out uh, with, with the longer-term issues. So the bench tonight was going to be Chioza as the one. It was going to be Gary Payton the II as uh, another guard, at least. And then you had uh, Bielitza as your bigs with, with Otto Porter. And then you have JTA, who's, who's kind of a, a combo there. So uh, at, at that point, uh, you pretty much knew who was going to be playing. <laughs> and everybody was going to have to play uh, if you've only got uh, the, the ten guys. And really, I mean, Chioza was – uh you know somebody that was gonna have to get some minutes in, but Kerr really rode uh he rode the, the main four of Curry and Poole uh, along with Green and Wiggins, everybody playing thirty four and then Curry not getting the second half rest to finish uh with thirty eight. So I think it's pretty much cut and dry and, and look at this point, just to finish up on that text, Chios is ahead of Moody right now. The Warriors are putting a premium on Moody going down and and playing more extended minutes in the G League. Same thing with Kaminga, and they thought they had enough to to get the job done uh, with the guys that they had, and it turns out they did have enough to get the job done uh, with the guys that they had. They won this game by 15, uh, up 21 before the Blazers cut it down to 8. Different way of getting it done maybe uh, in some level than the Warriors had been, but get it done they do nevertheless. All right, Eric and Milbray at 888-957-9570 before we hear from Draymond Green. What's up, Eric?
2: What's up, J.D.? Uh, really impressive once again this stellar season. Nobody for saw is Just incredible. The defense in that third quarter when they just open up these teams think they got a shot to keep it close, and Warriors in the second half just really just suffocate teams with that defense to just blow it wide open, and a, a, a tie game, a three-point game becomes a 15 to 20-foot, 20 20-point 20 deficit, just like that. During their uh, dynasty run, it's it's just amazing what this team's doing. And obviously, Curry's playing like the MVP, but that's what they need out of a guy like Wiggins. The pitches efficiency, like tonight, that's what they need. Pool has been fantastic all year. The depth and defense of this team, I think, is, is is the key. And you saw what they did to Dane, who you know coming back home wants to really showcase himself especially going against curry who he uh considers better than and you know we know none of that is true but this uh, this team is just on, the, on another level right now they're they're locked in his zone. but with all that being said phoenix is just refuses to lose so it's they're they're showing every the league that they're not a fluke so i can't wait for those two uh head-to-head matchups right now because they're probably the only team right now who can give this Warrior team a real competitive game right now with the way they're playing on both ends uh what are you? What's your take on that? Then just another great win tonight, man. Keep it going.
3: Yeah, great win tonight. Thanks for the call, Eric. Uh, great win, and I'm with you on Phoenix. I, I think Phoenix is is the one team. They they've got some real good wing players that are that are young and long and you know two way type of players that that I think uh, pose challenges in, in their own way. They, they've got you know Chris Paul and Booker, and and they've got Aiton who can be a handful uh you know in in different ways in terms of uh, you know rebounding and and at the rim and the lob game and and so he's somebody that's a key component of what they do how the warriors match up with him i think is going to be interesting i mean right now they're the only team and they have a pedigree i mean they at at this point they are ahead of the warriors in terms of what their group their current group has been able to accomplish now look the warriors have Guys on their team, Steph and Clay and Draymond and, and Iguodala. Uh, when Clay comes back, he's he's a part of that group. Uh, won't be uh, next week when these two teams play each other twice. But but they have multiple, you know, they have multiple players that have won titles. But the, this core group for Phoenix went to the finals a year ago. This Warriors team has to prove with this group. That that they can reach that level, so I think you know, for now, uh, maybe you give a little bit of an edge on the recent experience to to Phoenix, but I, I think you know Steph and Clay and and, and Draymond and Iguodala have been closers, and it doesn't sound like I mean, Iguodala is not going to play in the first matchup, but I I think it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch those two teams play, and I think those are the only. Those are the only teams right now, I think the only team in the Western Conference right now. Utah lost at home to the Pelicans. Uh, Sacramento, uh, I know Warriors fans are going to love this. Uh, Sacramento is going to beat the Lakers tonight. They're playing down at Staples Center, uh, the the Kings and, and the Lakers. And they're in a third overtime down at Staples Center. And Sacramento's got a five-point lead with 16 seconds to go. So I guess uh, it is Lakers' ball, so don't sleep on on the Kings' ability to blow a five-point lead in 16 seconds, I guess. But uh, in a game that, that went back and forth, and, and the Lakers had everybody playing tonight. They had LeBron playing tonight, Anthony Davis is playing tonight, they're at home, and they are 16 seconds away from losing uh, at home to the to the Sacramento Kings to dip, to ten and eleven, so they're a mess. <laughs> All right, Utah lost to the Pelicans tonight at home in Salt Lake City. Phoenix is the only team right now that is in the Western Conference that I feel like is giving the Warriors a, a, a true uh, run for their money. Uh, but it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, how how things play out in those those games over the course of the next week, I think, are, are going to be a test. I hope everybody's playing in, in both of those games, and we get to see them run up and down a couple of times because I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun. A, a week from tonight, the, the Suns are, are here inside Chase Center. It's the next home game for the Warriors, and then the Warriors get a couple of tests Uh, These next two at L.A., uh, which I think could be a tricky matchup with the afternoon game down at Staples Center and then and then on to Phoenix. So, uh, no, at this point, it's the Suns and it's everybody else as far as the Western Conference goes and who can maybe put some pressure uh, on the Warriors who were off to this unbelievable seventeen and two start and yeah Phoenix right there on their heels, sixteen and three overall. They've won fifteen consecutive games. All right, eight and eight, nine five seven, nine five seven zero, triple eight. 957 John Dickinson inside Chase Center. Uh, let's go ahead and hear uh, a little bit from Draymond Green. Uh, always a treat when he meets with the media. And tonight, a Draymond night downstairs in the Bill King interview room following this Warriors win. Here's Draymond.
5: Ooh, six turnovers. Jesus, Draymond. Never mind you, guys are. Um, Steve wanted to said he wanted to build up an environment where you guys protected the home court. It was important to him. You guys won ten in a row at home now on nine this month. Perfect month in November. What does it mean to just start building that kind of ownership of your home court?
6: Oh uh, you have to. Um, it's hard to win in this league anywhere. Uh, so the, you do yourself a favor by taking care of your home court. Uh, going on the road and winning, regardless of who you playing, is always tough. Started to include travel and all of those things. Um, it gets a lot tougher to win. So, you know, having a great year, taking care of, protecting the home court is extremely important when you're trying to really make a run at things.
5: You you were around for those two years back to back where you guys went 39 and two at Oracle. What did it take to do that? And are you starting to see the fan engagement come up here? Ah, uh, yeah. It takes
6: a lot of focus. Uh, you know, I think your home. Just like you have distractions on the road, there's a ton of distractions at home. You know, your, your family, which I don't say that in a negative way, but you have to tend to everything your family. At least when you're on the road, your number one focus can be basketball. You know, but when you're home, that's not your number one focus. Your number one focus is your family, enjoying that time with your family that you don't necessarily get on the road. You know, we spent half of our year on the road, so you're trying to dive in and enjoy that time. And and so basketball isn't the number one thing when you're home. So having that focus locked in, knowing how to turn it off so you can enjoy the family time, but yet understanding when to turn it on and, you know, when it's business, when it's time for business, it's time for business. And I think we've been doing a good job of locking
1: it. Basketball perspective, how difficult do you think it is for a team like Portland to defend some of your actions when they have a guy like, you know, Nurkic kind of playing draw? Most
6: of it. I think they were a lot more aggressive with Nurkis this time around. They didn't have him drop. Uh, he was blitzing everything. Their defense at the point of attack was a lot better than I've seen it. And so you got to give them some credit there. It took us a little while to figure it out. Uh, for us, it's not necessarily what defender someone got. It's just about running our sets, taking care of the ball, trying to make sure we get shot at the rim. I had six turnovers a day, which was terrible. But um, it's just about getting a shot up. And just going through our offense – We don't like to single guys out uh, all the time because you can kind of bog your offense down that way. We've seen that a lot of times before, uh, not just with us, with other teams as well. So we still try to flow and keep the offense moving, uh, stay in the rhythm. But sometimes if you find a matchup you like, you try to exploit it. Uh, But I think they they cover with Nurkic uh, today totally different than we had seen before. I mean, I think at times you like see a blitz here and there, but they were blitzing the entire game with him regardless of who was coming off. So a um, lot more aggressive.
4: Draymond, you, you took it right at him a couple sequences in a row. Well, maybe two out of three possessions there in the, I think it was late in the third, where, and including the one where you dunk the one-handed slam. I mean, how, how much does that fuel you when you go up against a, Big guy like that to
6: to be able to do that. Uh, it's definitely fuel um, because obviously I'm I'm undersized on the other end, you know, and got to battle. So try to use my speed to my advantage on the offensive end. And if a guy's pressuring me, I mean, I don't care who it is or how, how good you're throwing the ball. If you got a guy just pressuring you, and you're trying to sit in there and make a play, it's tough. And so when he was pressuring, I just go, um, and you know, I was able to get a couple of them to go, uh, make a couple of plays at the rim, get some kickoffs. So uh, it's just kind of taking what the defense giving me. If he's, if he's pressuring me and don't want me to play, then I can go to the rim and try to finish.
4: Um, and Draymond, a few of us saw that Clay was, sort of, was out on the court for a little while. I, I thought he was going to shoot for the fans or something, but he was just having a little tough moment. And uh, is that to be expected with all he's been through in, in the last two years? And the grind of rehab and just it's tough for him not to be out on that court
6: sometimes. It's It's very tough. And I I think, um, you know, he's right there. He's right there getting towards the end of the road or beginning of the road, however you choose to look at it. Um, And, you know, he had these days from time to time. And I understand it as far as I can understand uh, without going through it. I don't know many people that love basketball the way Clay loves basketball. That loves competing the way he loves competing. You know, I always talk about our dominos game. He even loved doing that, and he's severely outmatched. You know, so it's just a competitor. One of the one of the biggest competitors I've ever been around in my life. And you see this, you want to. Be, you, he's a part of it. So don't get me wrong. But you you want to to impact the game. You want to put, have your presence out there and make your presence felt. And after almost three, four calendar years off the floor, um, it's tough, you know? And and so we sympathize with him um, and, but we have to be right there and continue to push him, continue to try to get him to the finish line or the start line, as I said before. But, you know, he tends to have these days from time to time and, I mean who who am I to judge or even try to figure it out. I can just show my love, show my support. Try to push him. Uh he's he's improving rapidly, you know, and his game is getting back to where it needs to be. So it's beautiful to watch him uh conquer his journey uh, that he's been on. He's conquering it. And you know, like I said, he's he's right there. Uh, he's he's almost there, but you know, if you if you talk to someone in prison, they, a lot of guys say the toughest days are the ones when you know you're getting ready to come home. So we feel for him, uh, but we're going to continue to be there for him, continue to push him, and wait with open arms for these next few weeks and in, in hopes that he'll be back pretty, sooner rather than later. Have you watched
1: any of the scrimmages?
6: I watched some of, like, the three-on-threes that he was doing, some of the four-on-fours, but I haven't s- saw any other scrimmages since – since he started playing
1: five on five, how does he? You know, in whatever you've seen him, how does he look to you?
6: Looks good. Um, you know, like I said, he's. If you watch the scrimmages at the beginning, you're like ah, and you keep watching, and week by week, he's getting better and better and better, and so it's 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 beautiful to see from where he was when I first saw the scrimmage to where he is now It's like night and day, and and it's it's so beautiful to watch and see his hard work start to yield results because you know when you're coming off a couple injuries like that small wins are huge wins uh, And playing well and pickup is huge for your confidence so uh happy he's building that confidence it's great to see him starting to turn that corner and get his field back and I mean, his shot never leaves but you know it's different when you're standing there and just shooting in drills and then you get that game action so just seeing that come back and all of a sudden he's not short on all his shots like he were like Shots are starting to look just like Clay Thompson shots, uh or shot normally looks and so he's getting there and it's it's great to see and I'm looking forward to seeing him play more five on five and then obviously getting him back out there with us.
4: What did you guys do defensively to keep Lillard from from not getting in a groove? I mean he he tends to I guarded him. Yeah.
6: No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, saw, it was a team effort. It's a total team effort when you're guarding someone like Dame. Uh, you know, it's it's not just the one guy that's on him. That's for sure. Uh, you know, if you if you have the idea that you're going to guard him with uh, with one guy, 50 points later, you'll still be trying to figure it out. You know, so uh, total team effort. Uh, guys was on the string when he get by one guy. Guys was pulling over. Uh, try not to give them threes and get them off the line. Uh, you just do whatever you can to try to make them uncomfortable. But, but a guy like Dame, you you normally don't make them uncomfortable. Uh, you just do what you can to make them take tough shots. I think we did a pretty good pretty good job on them tonight. But as I always say, you can play that same defense and they can end a lot worse than they did tonight. Uh, you know, one of the better players in our league, uh, one of the top point guards in our league of course, one of the better shooters we got in our league. So uh, we did a pretty good job as a unit tonight in in trying to contain them, and we got to continue to build on that.
3: And an excellent job the Warriors did against Damian Lillard tonight as he was 5 of 15, 2 of 7 from three-point range. They were able to force four turnovers uh, against Damian Lillard at only 16 points. Uh, As Draymond knows, the Warriors have have won a lot uh, against Portland and a lot against Dame over the years, but Dame has had some big-time scoring outputs uh, against the Warriors uh, over that span. Not tonight, uh, and I thought it was interesting, you know, Draymond – delving into just what's going on with Clay Thompson as he uh, gets closer to a return here, an emotional postgame scene with him uh, just kind of hanging out on, on the Warriors bench uh, following this ball game tonight. I know Steve Kerr earlier uh, just spoke to the humanity of Clay, just uh, you know the vulnerability, uh, how emotional he gets. Uh, I, I think it, it, it's interesting I think there's just a it is a very human a very human thoughtful side. To, to Clay Thompson as he kind of processes, you know, some people are thinkers, and and he's a thinker. You know, he's thinking of probably in that moment everything that he's been through and how man, it's it's really starting to get close, and, and this team has the the potential to to maybe do something special, and, and he's going to be a part of it at the end of a, a long, uh, dark, hard road these last uh, nearly two and a half years. All right, it's time for the Steph Curry three point update, brought to you by. Masterclass as Steph knocked down six of fifteen from three-point range tonight, so that ups his total for the season to ninety-eight made threes. Masterclass lets you learn from over one hundred world-class instructors anytime, anywhere, and at your pace. Get fifteen percent off your annual membership at Masterclass.com/slash. The game final couple of minutes here, uh, John Dickinson inside Chase Center as we uh, tie a bow on this one. Warriors one eighteen, Blazers one oh three. The Dubs now eleven and one at home, league's best home record, league's best record overall. Six consecutive games, uh, second longest streak of the season. Warriors already have uh, a seven game winning streak and a six game winning streak here uh, in the early going as they th- they sweep the three game homestand. All wins uh, for the Warriors of this 10-game winning streak now at home by double figures, which is the the second longest streak in team history. When did they do that? Uh, Back in January of 2017 through the end of February of 2017. So the first Kevin Durant year, uh, the Warriors did that. They had an 11-game streak uh, as well where they were able to win uh, home games uh, by double digits. That went uh, all the way back to the 14-15 season uh, late in December through uh, the middle and toward the end of January. Uh, Warriors, uh, only team in the NBA, still have scored 100 in every game. And uh, one note that that it keeps on rolling for the Warriors, they've won 32 of the last 39 uh, regular season games going back uh, to last season, the fifteen and five to close out that one, and then uh, the beginning of this season now with this team seventeen and two through the first nineteen games uh, of this season all right uh, that's going to do it uh, before we get out of here tonight uh, I, I want to just reiterate uh, condolences uh, to the family of uh, Dr. Elliot Schwartz. Uh, who it was announced uh, passed away uh, earlier today. Uh, the Warriors releasing a statement. Longtime team doctor uh, for the Warriors and and also uh, the A's, and uh, just uh, just a terrific, terrific guy. Uh, if you ever knew or, or met Elliot, I mean, absolutely loved uh, the the Bay Area and the teams that that he worked for, and and the Warriors uh, right at the top of the list. Uh, got to to meet Elliot uh, just from working in the media, and he was. Uh, a, a big fan of the warriors and a big fan of uh this radio station uh as well and uh got to know him and uh I, you know just from from seeing him at games and and through uh you know Matt Steinmetz. so at one point i think uh he, he had got my phone number and uh, he'd be listening to Warriors this week on a Saturday and, and all of a sudden I'd get a text message pop up and he'd be you know giving me his take on on everything going on with the team and what he, he thought, who should be playing, who shouldn't be playing. Uh, and he enjoyed the run uh, that, that the Warriors went on uh, over these last uh, you know, few years when they were contending for championships, maybe more than anybody else uh, in the Bay Area. So just uh, an, an all-timer. Uh, And he will be very, very much missed. And, uh, yeah, condolences to to his wife, Patty, uh, son, Nathan. And uh, as the Warriors put uh, in their statement earlier, he will be missed more than words can describe. Uh, And, again, just uh, a a friend of of this program, a friend of of this radio station, and just uh, one of the best. So uh, just thoughts and condolences and all of that uh, on on the passing of, of Dr. Schwartz. All right. Uh, That'll do it. Uh, Warriors get the win tonight, uh, 118-103. to I'm back tomorrow, uh, 9 a.m. tomorrow. Nick Friedel back for Warriors this week. Join us for that, and then we'll we'll be back with Warriors live at 11 on Sunday as the Dubs take on the Clippers. All right, thanks to Sterling. Thanks to Craig. Thanks to Lubman uh, in our San Francisco studios. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Warriors get the win. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game.